Hey, Peter. Hey. What scales would you use over like C minor seven, flat six to like F seven, alt over a G flat to like a B flat uh, minor flat nine? Yeah, I definitely use a C scale over that. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. Peter Martin in Denver, Colorado. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Uh, Daily Jazz Advice coming at you. Coming at you from two different locations because uh, PM is a globe trotter, world traveler. World well, and this went so well yesterday, I just decided to stay here another day because, <laughs> you know, we were having so much fun with this. So I might never come back. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> It's not. It's gonna. It's gonna be hard, man. It's gonna be hard to keep this up from thousands of miles away. We'll, we'll give it a shot. We'll give it a shot. Uh, so yeah. we have a we have a user question from Speakpipe. Uh, someone went to youllhearit.com and left us a voicemail. Nice. Can you do that? Is that even legal? It is legal. You can go to youllhearit.com and leave us a voicemail. Do it now. Is that an official invitation to our listeners to do that? It is. Uh, why don't you okay. uh, Why don't you go ahead and and play it? Okay. Here we go. Hi, Peter and Adam. I have a question for you with respect to improvisation. When you're improvising over a 251 going to a minor key, do you like to use different scales over the 2, the 5, and the 1, or do you pick a common scale, and if so, which one or which ones do you use? And also, as a broader question, what strategy do you recommend for someone in the process of learning to improvise, I realized that you two are very advanced and you probably don't need to write things out in advance to uh, practice or perform improvisations. But for us mere earthly musicians trying to develop those skills, do you have any particular recommendations? Thanks very much. Thank you, David. Uh, that's a great question. And uh, yeah. I love it when we get to go into a little bit of music theory on this and, uh, and jazz theory. So, Minor two five ones are pretty malleable in that there's a few different ways you can approach them. Um, Hold on a second. I'm looking up mal, mal. How do you spell malleable? No idea. I think I just picked that word up from a fancy book. Uh, but yeah, I like it. Go ahead. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know about you, Peter, but I'll talk to you about, uh, or I'll tell you about my first choice over a, a minor two five one. Uh, is sort of coming from the bebop school. And this is like, if you want to stay really inside, I actually use uh, the Dorian from uh, a minor third up. So like if we're doing a minor two five in C minor for that D half diminished, I'll use like an F Dorian, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. then for the G7, you can use, and I actually learned this from one of our listeners, uh, Elias, uh, you can use the C harmonic minor scale starting on G. That's that's kind of what the, the bebop cats would use back in the day. And then for the C minor six, the C melodic minor. Uh, so those three scales, right? The F Dorian, the yeah. C harmonic minor starting on G. I don't even know what that would be called. but And, and then the uh, C melodic minor. Those are going to give you a very inside sound for a minor two, five, one. Uh, if you can kind of follow all that. So like, you know, if you transcribe any like Bud Powell, you could actually hear Bud Powell sort of on that D half diminish, play something he mm -hmm. might play over an F minor seven, 
You know what I yeah. mean? Like there's some similar licks and similar similar uh, movements around that. And then when they get to that G, there's that flat nine sound, there's the B natural, and then the rest is like a C minor. So you feel really inside that harmony. Yeah, yeah. I like that a lot. Um, so I want, and I want to dive into the, the um, harmonic minor one after because I didn't quite understand that one. But the one you're talking about here, I've actually never thought about it like that. So the F Dorian instead of the, well, really enharmonically or, or uh, diatonically, it's the same as a D, what is that? Low, uh, what's the seventh scale degree one? That whatever that we, 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 you know what? We got to look at a picture of some Greek columns before we start these episodes because that'll help line us up. You know what? Well, well that's the thing. Ionic. Ironic. Ironic. <laughs> no, like it's, it's kind of, it can be about how you think about it. Like, so that scale using that F Dorian was locked into me when I realized, like, oh, Bud Powell's playing like an F Dorian lick over a 2 5 to C minor. Yeah, yeah. And it makes sense because C minor is the relative minor to E flat, right? So a 2 5 to E flat, yeah. you can place somewhat similar things to the relative minor it's interesting yeah and i mean this really hits on an important point that that i think could be helpful for a lot of people is that it's not so much like which scale you use when they're diatonically or enharmonically the same it's about the function of where it can take you right and so i realized although i've never thought about that f minor that minor third up from the two of the two five minor um two five to a minor chord I've definitely played those same kind of bebop licks. And the, and I, I kind of take it a step further. Like when I go F minor, um, you know, with like the ninth kind of arpeggiating even up to the 11th or whatever over that D, then over the G7, I'll go kind of like B flat seven altered or B flat seven diminished. It there. totally works. It's totally and works. It works. And then you yeah. can kind of slide it down to like a G altered even. And then you're at the C minor. That's right. And then you're getting those cool melodic ideas based upon these patterns that are suggested by these kind of alternate, although not that alternate you know, harmonic areas from what the original chords are. Yeah. And Hey, look, sometimes we get yelled at because people like to think of scales as their from their root for intervallic reasons. And that's fine if that's yeah. your bag or whatever. But you know, for me, a lot of these scales, especially like you said, you know, the B flat altered works over the, the G seven, just great. Uh, and yeah. so sometimes thinking about it, it's just saves my brain space from having like, you yeah. know what I mean? I'm just thinking about one thing instead of having yep. to, to transpose all this stuff. And I mean, I really think this is an area where you can get into that kind of esoteric concept that we talk about a lot. And a lot of jazz musicians, a lot of musicians, really a lot of just artists talk about, which is like being able to hear something in real time as you're improvising. So this gets very difficult. And, and I think what happens is for some people, they want to explain everything from a theoretical standpoint, because it's like, it's, it's like watching a great baseball pitcher when you can slow everything down and you go back in time and say, look at the way he did this, right. you know, the way he twisted his hand and everything. And that's all fine, but you can't think about that in the real time of throwing a baseball any more than you can in, in, in when you're playing fast bebop over a 2-5 to a minor chord, right? Right, and also what really matters is the results. Did, did he strike him exactly. out or did the guy hit a home run off him? You know what I mean? So exactly. how does it sound actually, like what, exactly. you're, what you're playing, you know? That's exactly it. And that's our equivalent is like, how did it sound? You know, if you have the theory to back it up or not, it really doesn't matter if what you're doing is sounding good. And so what this enables you to do, if you start on that F minor, now you you maybe you're thinking about that, especially as you're practicing it, but this will become a part of your kind of just automatic uh, place that you go once you practice it enough. But if you start at that F minor place, what's happening is you're not actually thinking um, – 
Well, you're starting out thinking F minor over the D half diminished. But then when you get to the G7, you're not actually thinking, okay, now what's the substitute for G7? You're thinking about where did the F minor lead me to? Yeah, exactly. We know we've got a place to go, which is C minor. We can get there whenever we want. We can even get there, you know, the way Charlie Parker and Bud Powell and the Bebop Masters, they got there late sometimes. Yeah. You know, they were in time, but they got there at the next measure, and then they caught up later. That's where the interesting stuff happens. So you're not so much thinking, okay, F minor substitutes for the for the D chord. And then G7, B flat seven, altered substitutes for G. No, you're no. thinking B flat is a cool place to go based upon the melody you're improvised coming off of that F minor. That's right. And when you and, have the experience to make it work, you know it's going to work and you know it's going to sound good. Yeah. And then it becomes really more of a concept and the theory behind it becomes you're, you're leading um, from a melodic standpoint. You know, Now, there's, of course, rhythm and harmony and all that working in there, but really the 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 melody is kind of the leading indicator and the harmony becomes the lagging indicator of how you're improvising and that's i mean look you can do it any way that you want but if you want to do some authentic og bebop style that's the way you do it that's true so let's go a little bit further in time we're not going too much further here but by the sort of late 50s uh people had stopped using um not everybody but uh, some folks had started using more of that. What is it? Super Locrian? I don't even know what, what these scales are called. I just know what they sound like. But uh, more melodic minor sound rather right, than the right, Dorian right. sound. So uh, it's the same. You could still think of it as F melodic minor. So you have that E natural now instead of an E flat, which is interesting because right. you're taking yourself out of the key of C minor, which was what the 2-5 is a part of. Uh, right, so you would have right. D, E natural, F, G, A flat, B flat, C, and then we're back to D as yep. your half diminished sound. And then for the five, uh, you'll start hearing more altered scale sounds, right? Yeah. So over also, the actual five. Over the actual five. Over the G7, you yep. would hear, uh, based off of the A flat melodic minor, you'd hear G, A flat, B flat, C flat, B natural, D flat, E flat, F, and then you're back to G. Uh, and then yep. the C is, is the melodic minor again. Uh, and there's well, some good examples the, of this. A- Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, we, we finally oh, got... this was our first breakdown. Our we got first lag breakdown. breakdown. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you're going to have to fly back to St. Louis now. We'll finish this here, the podcast. Uh, no, so I was just going to say, a uh, really great and obvious example for you to check out is from uh, Bill Evans' trio recording of uh, Beautiful Love. Uh, it's a beautiful recording, and, I mean, it's a swinging recording, too. Great solo, yeah. easy solo to transcribe. I transcribed it when I was super young. Uh, but you really get how those melodic minor sounds work. That natural nine over the half diminished chord. Uh, he was such a master at making that sound almost like French impressionistic. You know what I mean? Uh, as, right. as he was apt to do. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, I think that that, you, you know, in terms of, you know, the tension and releases, what that uh, scale, whatever we decided to call, but with that natural ninth over the half diminished, Going, I mean, look, when you're going more traditionally with the the um, F Dor- Dorian or E flat major scale, you know, over the two, the D half diminished, when you're going from that to the G7, your main sort of tension and beginning of resolution goes from that C to the B natural. Yep. And that's whether you're using an altered or even just a straight dominant or diminished or whatever on the five. 
Now, putting in that E natural, that natural ninth over the two, the D half diminished, now you've got that sliding down to the E flat, and you've got the C going down to the B, and those become important areas, whether you're playing kind of bebop, more modern, or anything. It's just another area for you to play with with that tension and resolution. Bro, that, that can either slide down to the E flat, or you could slide that up to the F on the G. You know what yep. I mean? That nice. That's what's so great about that E natural, is there are some, some voice-leading opportunities there that aren't presented as clearly with the E flat. I really like that, yeah, using yeah. that, you know? Yeah, and I mean, these things are important. Again, it's not even so much the theory outside of sort of, you know, reverse engineering and, and as an explanation, but these points to tension and release. And look, we're, we're ultimately releasing down to the one, so it's kind of a yeah. two-step process. Yeah, yeah. But, but we want to have choices and places that we can weave our melodies so they don't sound generic. Like, you ever heard somebody who's just like eighth notes and they're playing exactly the right notes within the chords and there's nothing altered and there's no tension so everything has to be like their rhythm has to be so strong because there's nothing in the melody or the harmony yep. that gives any kind of meat to this story. So these are just additional places and, and you know, choices that we have as we weave our melodies because that's where it's at. That's the melody great. is what's telling the story. One more choice I'd like to mention, and I think I've heard you do this too, is sometimes I just straight up think of this half diminished as a substitution where I'll just play an A flat sort of Lydian dominant sound. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or you could think about it as as like a D a D uh, sharp nine kind of sound or whatever. Yeah. But having that that F sharp in there, that G flat F sharp in there, uh, I like that sound on a minor two five. It works great. That's funny because what my additional one I was going to say D seven sharp nine flat thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Which is which is really an A flat thirteen, you know, with the ninth in there, and then so you have some choices as far as your room note. Yep. But in terms of again, you've got some nice places you can slide from there to the G seven altered, the G seven diminished. G7 straight dominant. And what you start to see with all of these are choices. That's what it's always about. Choices for us to make um, interesting, you know, melodic ideas once we get there. And I would say that, you know, I remember when I used to look at the the half diminished, especially because that's such a ornery little chord as like such a challenge. And I would want to, when I was kind of beginner improviser, I'd want to get away from it as quick as possible. Yeah. Get on to the next chord, you know. So I was looking at these two, five, ones, the minors as much more difficult than the, a regular 251. But then when you start to see, there's actually more choices in a way. And look, a lot of these that we're talking about can also work over a 251 totally. as like a deceptive thing sounding like it's going to a minor. But once you start to embrace the different choices and um, you know you take the time to practice and learn each of these different sounds and and, uh, and do it slowly so they can really absorb because these are things you can use in a lot of different situations. You know, So you want to take your time with it and really let, you know, give yourself your ears a chance to absorb it and, and your fingers and all that on your instrument so that it can become a deep part of your playing. That's so great, man. Yeah, this has been a fun, nerdy conversation in two different time zones. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thanks, David, for the, uh, for the, for the question. Yeah, great question. And uh, hope we yeah. cleared something up or just gave you yes. uh, more confusion to think about either <laughs> one. Well, this might be a good, you know, after our, our episode from last week about uh, what we listened to when we're running, yeah. we got all these responses back from folks about um, and some great comments in the YouTube uh, about, uh, well, yeah, this was great because I'm always running while I listen to the podcast. So this one's kind of a, you know, maybe keep you going. If you're on your little daily run, this could be a nice thing for you to to think about. Because like right now we're both doing this away from the piano. And I, I think it's a, a great, and look. I know we don't have all pianists listen. I'm sorry. I'm always referring to the piano because we're pianists. But uh, no matter what instrument you play, always great to take time away and think about and hear this st- kind of stuff, these really small little theoretical things. Hear them away from your instrument so you can start to like process them, not just in terms of how it feels on your instrument, 
but away from that kind of habit thing. And, and, and while you're out walking, while you're out running or whatever is a great time to try to hear some of this stuff. So true. Yeah. And if you want to yeah. leave us a comment, you know, we're, uh, we're sending people to YouTube as well these days. Is that right? We're sending, we're trying to help out Google with their traffic there. And we want to send some poor people little, over that way. So poor that, little Google. Yeah, Google's <laughs> been having some traffic issues. So no, we just thought it would be a fun place to have um, some conversations and, and we're just both about to dig in. We've got a lot of comments already. Yeah. So we're, we're very excited about sort of joining in and hearing from you guys. You're welcome to, of course, always go to the, you'll hear it.com um, where you can leave a question for us. So that'll be more of a place, I think, for like a, a request question or request for an episode we love having those especially as we start to run out of ideas ourselves we're not a bottomless well up in here help a brother out you know what I'm saying? but um, no feel free to comment if you want to comment on a specific episode that that topic like say today's i think it's best to go to the, U- the youtube page and um check it out check us out there awesome well until next time you'll hear it <laughs> <laughs>